everyone. So today I wanted to share on a topic that is obviously very relevant to us during this time period and will continue being relevant to us regardless of what's happening. But as of right now, with the midst of chaos that's sweeping across the world, this uh, topic of how to focus on God and not on your circumstances is going to be very key for us as a body of God to move forward in whatever storm it is that we are looking at. And the reason why this is important is because if we don't focus on God, then ultimately we're going to end up focusing on a bunch of negative things. And ultimately, we're going to focus on the agenda of the enemy versus the agenda of God. And that's something that God gave us authority over. He also gave us responsibility over. And as servant leaders and people that are supposed to be making a difference on earth, that is going to hinder ultimately God's kingdom from advancing all across the globe, regardless of the circumstance that we're in. And the first major focus is on the things above. And this is coming out of Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 9. And basically, it begins with saying that do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, pray. And that's a very important action to think about whenever we're dealing with um, whenever we're dealing with just daily life. As of right now, if we look at the media, if we look at relationships, if we look at our family and friends, re- things are starting to split right down the middle, regardless of whatever country you're living in. And what that's doing is it's that it's positioning us against each other versus uh, putting us face to face with the creator. And that's important to first get aligned with horizontally with God and understanding what is God's heart, what is God's will, what is God's emotion. Everything is supposed to be coming out of that position of looking at God. And this is very critical to understand because when we are under pressure and when we are under stress, that is when we really show the true character that we have. But I think even more importantly, it also shows the genuinity of our faith. And this is a principle and a pattern that is constantly repeated in the Bible. And one of the ways that it shows that is the word trial or tribulation or even conflict or pressure. But whenever we go under a trial or whenever we go through some type of tribulation, the response that we have or the person that we look to or even the situation is essentially where our faith lies. And we want to be able to make sure that as we mature as disciples of Jesus, that our faith is constantly inside of Jesus. It's constantly on God himself. And one of the best ways that we look at this is we have to ask ourselves when we are going through pressure, when we are going through conflict, when there is a storm around us, are we first looking at the storm or are we first looking at Jesus? And a practical way of doing it is even thinking about sometimes if we're in the moment, we don't necessarily know what it is, but we can think about in the last two weeks, where has our mind been going? What have we been focusing on? And what are are the big conflicts in our life, whether they came through family or politics or people or relationships, when we're dealing with that, where do we first go to to find our response? And where we first go to to find our response is essentially where we will find what we really have faith in. And as God puts us, or as we are allowed to go through this refiner's fire, we are ultimately getting tested on where maturing our faith ultimately in God. 
And this leads us to the next scripture, which is 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 12 through 15. And it says, anyone who builds on that foundation may use a variety of materials, gold, silver, jewels, wood, hay, or straw. And ultimately on judgment day, all of these things will show a person's true value. And if the work survives, the builder receives a reward. If the work is burned up, then it will suffer a great loss. Now, the second focus is focusing on things eternal. This life is basically a test for eternity. It doesn't matter how much of our emotions are tied up in a certain opinion or uh, our emotions are tied up in a certain strategy or a certain outlook on life or even the way the world should be ran. Essentially, what's being majorly tested on our life is our eternal reward. It's our eternal focus on, am I going to respond to a situation in such a way that it will remain in eternity, just as it's speaking about in the book of Corinthians? Or am I going to be responding to a situation in such a way that my actions will simply be burned up and tossed away and there's going to have zero eternal value? Now, when we're living life, we could often be thinking about long-term things, long-term investments, long-term career, long-term decisions, long-term relationships. We're, we're thinking long-term in a sense of what's going to matter the most during the course of my life. However, even that perspective, if it's not angled towards eternity, it could also not necessarily have the type of impact that we want. It's very easy to measure things by what it's going to result in in this age, but it takes faith for us to measure it based on what's going to be remaining in eternity. And how do we do that? Well, basically, the first thing is, do we have faith in Jesus when we're even doing it? Are we looking at God with, with a fear of the Lord? Um, I'm, at this point, I'm not necessarily talking about the trembling, but I'm talking about the fact that he is going to be the one that judges what is going to remain and what is not going to remain. For example, we could have many accolades. We could have many achievements. We could have a great worth of reputation or whatever it could be. But essentially, we have a zero worth in eternity if we're not founded on Jesus Christ. And this is something that we don't necessarily like to hear, but honestly, it's the way that it is. And that's something that we need to get straight. And we need to make sure that we get it straight before judgment day. Now, there's a scripture in the Bible that talks about someone that's paid a wage, regardless if they worked the whole day or if they worked just before the, just before the moment of pay. And in the end, basically, God is telling all of the workers that, well, it's my work. I can pay you whatever I want. And he's talking about uh, one of the ways that you could see that he's talking about salvation. And you could essentially have salvation and get in, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you have anything else after it. And an important thing to remember is that salvation, essentially the entering point of the greatest part of our life, which is our life with Jesus, but it's not the, it's not the, the end result of everything. It's the beginning point that we finally have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. We have the enlightenment of who Jesus Christ is. We have the true knowledge, the baptism of the Holy Spirit into our new life, but it doesn't end there. Basically, God is telling us that there's so much more in following me than just escaping hell. And this is where our decisions matter. This is where our focuses matter. This is where our life matters. This is where we want to be salt and light. We want to make a difference. We want to have compassion 
for those in need. We want to be evangelizing. We want to be making disciples and seeing transformation in our city and our job with our friends and our family. And we also want to be doing it for the right motivations. We want to be doing it from a place of being devoted to Jesus. We want to do it knowing that God loves us regardless of what we do, not based on our works. And all of the all of these different categories is basically what shows us we're measuring eternity the way we're supposed to be measuring it. And unlike, you know, different ways of measuring achievements or successes, eternity is measured by the word of God and how much of our life is lived by it. And one of the downfalls here, specifically in the generation, is that we sometimes don't even know what the word of God says. Sometimes the only thing we know about the word of God is Christmas. And we are now replacing Christmas with Santa Claus. And so you got kids growing up that know more about Santa Claus than they do about Jesus's birthday and resurrection. And that's something that is going to get worse and worse if we keep being silent on the fact that Jesus Christ is the true narrative of this life. It's the true narrative of the story. And every, even if you look at all the history books, if you look at everything written, if you look at all the heroes of history, all of it will essentially be erased in eternity except for those that have faith in God. And that's the true fact of the matter. And regardless of what is being said or what is being done or what people believe in, the only truth that truly does matter is Jesus Christ. And that's where we should be putting all of our investment, all of our time, all of our focus, and all of our decision-making power based on that. Even in the way that we are raising our kids and teaching the next generation on what is important and our value system, all of that is determined by the Bible. And the blessing of the Bible is the more that we do it, the more eternal value that we have. The downside of that is the less we do the Bible, the more of the damnation we have because we are rejecting the word of God. And that is also another truth that a lot of people don't like, but ultimately that's what the truth is. So anyways, moving on with that. So here's the final focus, and it's basically focus on the solution. And as we look towards God, we look towards the things above, we stay in a place of prayer, we get God's perspective towards any situation or any circumstance that we're in, we weigh it by our eternal consequence on whatever it is that we're going to choose to do. And ultimately, as disciples of Jesus, you want to choose what's going to please God and give him glory. (laughs) That's obvious. And then the next one is focus on number three which is on the solution that God has. And one of the stories that we have from this is um, Mark 4, 37 through 40. And essentially it's when the storm was coming at the boat and Jesus was on it with his apostles. And the apostles looked at Jesus and said, what are we going to do? We're going to die. And Jesus looks to the apostles and says, um, "What? You know, he, he's kind of at the end of it. He's like, why is it you'd had no faith to rebuke the storm and fix it? And Jesus, if he's rebuking the storm, obviously knows that it's coming from the enemy. And one of the things that we have to do as disciples is we have to be able to look at our situations and ultimately lead, lead it. And we can't let our situations, there's, there's certain situations where you can't control the factors. And there are certain situations where you can control the fact. Uh, for example, I happen to be in a country where you will not be able to control the situation with quarantines and lockdown, it's basically enforced by the military. 
And if you don't like it, you're just going to go to jail. So that's just pretty much it. And that's a factor that I can't control. But there's a solution that I could help. And those are people that are in need. The, that's relief work. That's people being reached out to and discipled, whether it's through internet or face-to-face. And I can be a solution to that. I may not be able to control lockdowns nationwide, but I can control if I'm going to be compassionate and help the people around me. And in the situation that whatever you're in, you want to be asking yourself, what is the storm and what is God's response to the storm? And we always have to remember that if it's in our control, then it should be our responsibility. If it's not in our control, then we can't really worry about it. You can intercede, you could pray about it, you could think about it um, in a good way in terms of like focusing on the things above. But essentially, you're not going to be able to change the situation. And you know that. However, there are things that are in our sphere of influence, things are in our authority and things in our responsibility that God is entirely telling us that we should not be passive to. And to go back to the previous point, even if it's out of our control, intercession is still not passive. Prayer is still not passive. Those things that are out of our control, we need to make sure that we're interceding and praying about it, which is a very active, diligent, committed place of perseverance. The other half of it where we are in control, then we have to make sure that we are taking responsibility and we are saying to ourselves, what I have to ask God, what can I control? What can I do? And that's where we have to think outside the box. That's where we have to get out of our comfort zone. That's where we have to change maybe priorities in our life in response to the priority that God has for the people around us or for our family or for our friends and our nation and whatever situation it is. And we have to ask ourselves, how can I be the solution to it? Now, here's the other point of it. Jesus says in verse 40 that, do you, do you still have no faith? And see, the major thing here is that Jesus isn't essentially creating a humanitarian solution. Jesus is creating a solution that's eternal because it's based on faith. And just because we solve something humanitarily doesn't mean it has any eternal value. Um, you have to be able to have faith to please God. And that's, again, the major focus of this thing is that you could focus on helping people. You could focus on making a change and a positive impact. You could focus on all these things. But if it's not from a place of faith, it will ultimately burn away and crumble and not matter. And how do I know that? Because it's in the Bible. And that's what it says in the Bible. And God's the one that created all the earth. God's the one that made us human beings. God is the one that made men and women. He's the one that he has the name of every single individual before they're even placed in the womb. That means that God is thinking of all these things before we even can fathom it. And one of the stories I am reminded of is Job. Job went through all of these major trials. He didn't know why things were happening. All of his friends thought it was because he was in sin, but ultimately It was a accusation that Satan was bringing against Job. And God was saying that Job is somebody that will remain faithful regardless of what you do to him. And what that shows about God is that faith is more important than whatever physical circumstance that we have. We have to make sure that we respond to the situation in faith, respond to the situation in love, respond to the situation in hope and care and mercy and compassion to everyone around us. But we respond to that situation from the foundation of faith. And this is, again, something that is being very diluted in the culture. It's being very diluted, obviously, in education. It's being diluted in families, and it's being polluted even through the church. And it's not being taught 
in a way where our actions should be coming from a place of faith, not based on man's opinion, not based on what we think is right, not even based on what we believe is good for the people. Essentially, we are supposed to be looking at it from the perspective of God, understanding what God is saying about the situation, understanding about what the Bible is saying about the situation. And we should be repenting and rebuking ourselves if we need to and getting aligned with the word of God and responding from that place. When we find a solution from that place, not only does it help people, not only does it solve the solution, not only is it proactive, not only is it taking control of the situation in a godly way, but it also has eternal consequences that are positive forever. And that's something we always have to think about. You know, we're always thinking about how are we going to make a big difference in the world? What are we going to do to help families? And I do a lot of compassion work. I do a lot of transformation work. I do a lot of missionary work, obviously, because that's what I do. But you can do things. I found this. You can do things to help people. But if they don't know Jesus in the end of the day, ultimately, they will still find eternal damnation in the fires of hell. And that's something we don't like talking about, but that's ultimately the truth. because. It's not our physical circumstances that determine whether or not we enter into eternity with Jesus. What determines our circumstances is if we are forgiven for our sins, our eternal circumstances, if we allow Jesus to forgive us for our sins, if we repent, if we get baptized with the Holy Spirit and we live a lifestyle of sanctification and being renewed of the mind and we pick up our cross daily that is ultimately what is going to allow long-term transformation in this life and also in the life to come. And I do see behaviors change. I do see lives change. I do see physical circumstances change and everything else that goes around it. But I know that the bullseye is ultimately, will they be worshiping Jesus with me for the rest of eternity? Or will their eternity look even more negative than their temporal life right now? And again, God isn't saying just focus on eternity and then let the whole world burn away. But he is saying is the priority is eternity. And the way we fight for this world and respond to this world is based on eternity because that's really what's going to matter the most. Okay, so those are the three focuses that I have. And those are the things that I picked up specifically during this time right now with this global pandemic. And so if you got any questions, go ahead and Uh, Leave a comment, email me, let me know, give me a call or a Marco Polo or something, and I'll be happy to answer anything that you want to talk about. Take care and love you all.